that people uh, people do, and uh, this has very very ancient roots. That people for generations, for millennia, they have they have taken snakes and with music have one way or another caused these snakes to uh, to bob and sway and and listen to uh, this music that they're playing and and they can charm these snakes into doing things that uh, they can then handle them and do things with them that uh, you wouldn't think that you would be able to do with something that is so poisonous but. Scripture has something to say, a couple things to say about snake charmers. We see uh, Solomon in his, his book of Ecclesiastes. He, he writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 11. He says that if a snake bites before you charm it, what's the use of being a snake charmer? It's a good question to ask. If it bites you before you're charming it, then what's the use of ever doing it. Uh, David also, uh, he writes about snake charmers in Psalm chapter 58. He says of this, now he's speaking of his enemies, but uh, relaying or relating them to snake charmers and he said, or relating them to snakes. And he says that my enemies, they spit venom like deadly snakes. He says they are like cobras that refuse to listen. They ignore the tunes of the snake charmers, no matter how skillfully they play. I just want to talk for a little while here today about snake charmers. See, there's dangers of being a snake charmer. There are certain dangers that are in, in, inherently involved in that profession or in that hobby. That if you do it, there is the danger that you just might get bitten. There is the danger that that snake might not be so charmed by you. There are just some snakes that they don't care how skillfully you play, how much you try to charm them. It's not going to matter because they're still going to bite you. And you may be a, a person that uh, feels as if you're comfortable at charming the snakes. You're comfortable. You've done this for quite some time. You feel as if... You are really good at it, but yet even those who have done this for years, they can be bitten. I was reading an article just some time ago about that certain branch, uh, that certain uh, portion of Pentecostal churches that handles snakes, and uh, and there was still some of these, a few of these churches here in the United States, and and they uh, they they are seeing some of the numbers. Uh, of those doing this dwindled. And the reason is because uh, they have been bitten and uh, have died from it. There are certain dangers to handling snakes that uh, now they teach. They teach in their, in their churches that if you die or if you're afraid of it, then, uh, then you don't have God with you. I, I don't, I'm not tempting God. I'm not going to tempt God. I believe that God can heal me. If a snake does bite me, but uh, I'm not going to tempt him to do it. And so uh, they, they see this article is talking about how this, uh, even those churches are seeing it less and less because uh, even some of the ones who are most known for it among their, uh, among their churches have, uh, have been bitten and have died from it. And that's the danger. That's the danger of handling snakes. Even if you've done it, Many times, and these individuals that were very experienced at it, they'd done it for many, 
many years, but eventually the snake bites and you die. Eventually the snake comes and it, it injects its poison into you and, and it's in the time when you least expected. It's in that time when you weren't, uh, you weren't thinking that it was going to strike, but yet it struck and you had to pay the consequence of it. See, I'm sure you, you understand what I'm talking about today, but Revelation 20 verse 2 puts it very clearly. It tells us that he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and he bound him a thousand years. The snake that I'm talking about here today is none other than the devil. It's none other than Satan and the world in which he has entangled himself in, him being the prince in the power of the air, of the place in which we live. He has established himself and entrenched himself into this world. And we see little snakes, little spawns of the devil that are all over in this world. And there are times when we feel as if we can entangle ourselves and begin to charm the snakes of this world. And we buddy up or we get, uh, we get close enough to the world that we're, we, we feel as if, you know what, if I can just toe the line, I'm skillful enough to walk close enough to the world but not get bitten. I'm skillful enough to be able to charm the world and, and I'm going to be in the church and I'm going to be committed. I'm going to do this. But you know, there's times where I just want to sit down and feel the thrill of charming the world. And sometimes as we do that, we get so deep into it that you don't realize that your guard is down and there's going to be a time where the snake is going to bite. The snake is going to come. And what's the use of being a snake charmer if the snake bites you? We think that we can stand there and we think that we can get close enough to the world that we're going to be okay, that we're good at this, we're skillful enough at this, that we're going to get through life. And at the end of time, at the end when the judgment day comes, we're going to say, you know what? I never let the snake bite me. But the problem is, there may come a day, as long as you keep going near the snake and keep charming the snake, there may come a day where that snake bites and you don't know what you're, that you didn't expect that that was going to be your last day here on earth. You didn't expect that that day when you were charming the snake that you weren't going to have another chance. You didn't expect that that was the day that was going to pull you in to the snake's grasp. You didn't realize that that's the danger of being a snake charmer. See, obviously, this snake charming is is something that that people have been doing for centuries. They've been doing this for uh, for thousands of years, and and we see it even back even back to uh, Moses. You can you can see this and. And, and Moses, when he is, he is going before Pharaoh and, and there are snakes. He, he throws his rod down and becomes a snake. And, and you have the magicians of Pharaoh that they go. They throw their rods down. They become snakes. They begin charming them one way or another. I don't know exactly uh, what all that uh, went into that magic. But I believe that this was not the first time that they handled snakes. See, snake charming, it was in practice when David, in the time of David, in the time 
of Solomon. But today we still see this snake charming taking place. We try, we try to charm the world far too often. We try to live right on the edge, walking along the edge and getting close enough to the snake and think that I can play this skillfully. Here's what, here's what it says in 1 Peter 5. It says, be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I don't think being a snake charmer, being the one who is continuously going to the world, continuously playing at the edges of the world and and trying to, to go through life with one foot in the church and one foot in the world, Trying to do this balancing act. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put this scripture, uh, put them as the one who is being sober, being vigilant, because the one who is sober, the one who's vigilant says, I, I see that snake and I'm gonna run as far away from that snake as I can. And come on, get behind me. I'm heading out of here. I'm not looking your way. In fact, if I get a chance, I'm gonna chop your head off and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play in, you know, take any chances that you're gonna allow me to be entangled in you I'm not taking any chances with that no thank you I don't have I don't have any reason to want to join you in your world I I don't have any reason to to want to uh, play this game of this balancing act where I'm partly in the world and partly in the church see God has called us to be committed church God has called us to be committed Well, this is not a time to relax spiritually. This is not a time for us to just come to church and just play church. It's not a time for us to come and just clap our hands, sit in the seat, say amen a few times, and then head out and continue living the same life that we've been living that is on the edge of the world and on the church. See, I'm sick and tired of of, of somebody who would come and just say, all right, I'm going to try to play this game where it looks like I'm doing all right, but yet I'm going and I'm living in the world and nobody's going to be the wiser. I want somebody who says, I am committed. I am sold out to Jesus Christ. I'm sold out. Come on, that's what God is desiring today. He wants somebody who is sold out. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. No one can do it. You're either going to hate the one and love the other, or you're going to be devout or devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and mammon. You can't do it. You can't serve both God and the world. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. The things that you put value in. Come on, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where is your treasure today? Where are you finding value in your life? Where are you finding value? Is it in the things of this world? Are you towing the line? Are you walking the line? Come on, you can't serve God if you have treasure that's buried somewhere else. God's not looking for a bunch of snake charmers today. God's looking for somebody who says, I'm getting, I'm getting rid of the snakes in my life. I'm going to chop every head of the snake off that I see. I'm not going to allow myself to stand there and think that I'm skillful enough. 
to play with the things of this world. Come on, there's somebody here today who you and in the, the, the confinement of your home and the place of your privacy, you're playing with things that you should not be playing with. And you say, nobody knows it. It's not affecting anybody else. It's affecting your soul. It's affecting your soul. In the private places of your life, you're doing things that you say, come on, nobody is going to be the wiser. I'm going to play this uh, play this line as long as I get back to the church. I can repent. As long as I get back to my, my home, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to be okay. God says, stop charming the world. Stop charming the snakes. Stop thinking that you can toe the line. Come on, God says, come on, I want a church that is a triumphant church. I called a triumphant church who lives above reproach who lives and says i'm sold out i'm not trying to play this game where i'm going to the world for the things that i desire there and i'm going to god for the blessings that i desire from him he says come to me come on forsake the world don't turn back to them let's cut off the ties of the things that have entangled us in the past let's put on the new man the only way that you can truly follow jesus christ is to completely forsake your past completely turn away from the things you can't live a life for God where you're charming the world you can't live for life for God and be a snake charmer today you've got to cut the head off the snakes and you've got to say God I'm sick and tired of me going back and forth back and forth and from this day forward I will follow you Fully. From this day forward, God, I'm not going to get entangled in the things of my past. God, I am committed and devoted to you. Well, where's your treasure today? Well, I know, I know that these are places of shame for some that, that you hear right now or you hear this and, and you, you say, I don't want to do that. But, but the fact is, you have the choice. You have the choice. And we've got to make up in our minds at some point or another where we say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to go back there. I'm going to set up boundaries in my life. I'm going to do something that causes me to not go back to the charming life that I used to live. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. One if it takes... It could, if it takes a, an all night prayer meeting, come on, then you better get to an altar and you better pull yourself out. Come on, if it takes you losing your dignity and telling somebody about what you're going through so that they can hold you accountable, then you tell somebody about it so they can hold you accountable. Because we need, come on, to cling to Jesus Christ. I can't, come on, I'm not gonna live a life where I'm just charming the world. I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm putting the world behind me. I'm chopping every head off of every snake that I've allowed myself to sit there and think that I could charm it. Come on, there's somebody in this place who maybe you are saying, Moan, this isn't for me. I don't know the things that I've been charming. I don't think that there's anything that I've been doing, but you know somebody in your life. And I want you, come on, to begin to pray for them. I want there to be something in you that says, come on, I'm going to help them. I'm going to partner up with them. I'm going to help them to get rid of the snakes in their life. Come on, there's somebody that you haven't seen here in some time. You haven't seen them here in some time and they need a call from you. 
They need not just a call. They need you to go over to their house and to be there with them or to go out for dinner or lunch with them and and to say, what's going on in your life? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you and to love you. I'm here to be with you because we're going to get past this. We're going to get past these things that have you entangled up in the world and the shame. This isn't, well, we don't have to live in shame. There is now no, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on. I'm not here to condemn the world. I'm here to save the world. That's what Jesus said. I'm not here to condemn them. I'm here to pull them out of their condemnation. The devil condemns. Sin condemns. God doesn't condemn. It's loving to come and to, to help somebody out of this, this hole that they've dug themselves into. Well, we need a church who loves enough to say, I'm not allowing you to sit down and to charm the snakes in your life anymore. I'm not allowing, I'm going to come and, and I can't make you do it, but I want to come and to help you. I want to come and to help pray for you and I'm going to be there with you as you, as we get ourselves unentangled away from the, from the, the, this lie that you have where you think that you can just charm the world and that you're going to be okay. When Paul, he writes to the church at Colossians, he, he says, you've died with Christ and he set you free from the evil powers of the world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? But he keep on following those, those things. Says those, those rules that, that those rules they seem wise because they, they require all these things, but, but they have no effect when it comes to conquering your evil thoughts, your desires. In other words, what he's saying is if you're living by the rules only, because someone has told you to, if you're living for God only because there are certain rules that somebody's told you that you need to do this and do that. That is never going to help you actually get rid of the evil desires that are inside of you. When relationship is not built on rules. Relationship is built on a love. The only way that you can actually conquer your flesh is if you make it about God and you set your sights on heaven. Well, there's somebody who needs to, needs to say, if, needs to... to Look at their life, look at the, what they've been doing and, and say, have I only been living this way? Am I only coming to church because the rules tell me I need to come to church? Am I only living this way? Am I only dressing this way and acting this way because that's what the rules say? Or am I doing it out of a heart of love? Am I doing it because as I love my God, I want to please him? Well, and it's out of that that we can truly conquer the things of the flesh. If you're having trouble if you're having trouble unentangling yourself from the world, I can tell you that it, it, very likely that it's because there is, there is something deep down inside of you that you need to get rid of, of, of this desire, these things for the world and, and sell out and say, God, I love you wholly. I love you completely. And I'm not going to do this for somebody else. I'm not going to do this to impress somebody else, but I'm going to do this for you and you alone. Uh, he, Paul, he continues there in Colossians, he says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth, for you died when Christ died and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will see, you will share in all of his glory. So, so put to death the sinful earthly things that are lurking within you. 
have nothing to do with sexual sin. Have nothing to do with impurity and lust and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this life, for that's idolatry. God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You used to do them when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger. Now is the time to get rid of rage. Now is the time to get rid of malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. It says, don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old evil nature and all of its wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature within you. Wow, how powerful is that? He says, now is the time to get rid of that. Now is the time. You, having been baptized in Jesus Christ, having his spirit filled you, now is the time to say, I am no longer going to entangle myself with the things of this world. Amen. We need an urgent spirit. We need an urgent spirit in somebody in this place. Somebody who is, would awaken in themselves and say, I've been messing with the world for far too long. I've been playing this game and sitting in front of snakes, telling myself that it's going to be okay. In the secret places, you're there, and you're a snake charming. And one day I'm going to get out of this. One way, one day I'm going to stand up and I'm going to, I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to go back to this profession because I understand there's dangers in it. Well, today's the day. Today is the day. Today is the day for you if you need to partner up with somebody in this, in this world. And maybe, maybe you don't know exactly what snakes they're charming. You don't know exactly what they're going through. Well, but you see them and you know that they need help. Well, today's the day for you to commit to somebody else. I'll be there for you. Today's the day for you to come alongside somebody. And, and, and you've, it's been some time since you've seen them. Today's the day for you to hit an altar and to begin to cry out and pray for them. And to pray for God to, to give you wisdom and to give you uh, an understanding of what they're going through. So that you can help them. So that you can come alongside them. Today's the day for you to commit ourselves to the, to the body of Christ. Well, today's the day. Today's the day to cut some heads off of snakes. Today is the day for us to stop charming. I'm not going to be a snake charmer anymore. Come well, on, can we stand in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come well, on, can somebody make a decision that says, it may take some time. God, but I'm committed. It may take some time at an altar. It may take some time that I spend here in your presence. God, but I'm not going to get up. I'm not going to leave this place until, Lord, I have chopped the heads off the snakes. God, until I've completely walked away and not going back to this little lie that I've told myself that says that I can stand in front of the snakes and I'm going to be okay. Well, snake charming is too dangerous of a business for you to mess around with. Let us be sober. Let us be vigilant today. All those snakes are your adversary. This world is nothing to be messed with. Those relationships that you're entangled in in this world. That girl that you've been chasing. That guy that you've been chasing that's no, no good for you. Oh, we're going to stop.
those things that you've been been doing that you know that you shouldn't be doing. Amen. I, I know that this is well, this is, this is the message here today of, of trying to bring us to a place of repentance. Want to bring us to a place where we when repentance isn't just saying I'm sorry. Repentance is saying I'm turning around. When I'm making some changes today, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out of this place different. Well, I'm claiming victory. Well, this is truly a message of victory. It's saying I'm claiming victory over my over these things that I've been dealing with. I'm claiming victory over these things that I've been messing with. I'm I'm no longer going back. Well, today is the last day that I'm I'm going to charm that snake. Today is the last day I'm going to walk that close to the world and think that I can balance the two things and be all right. Well, I'll tell you, today is the day. Amen. I want to invite you to come up to this altar here right now. Well, if you need somebody to come with you to pray with you, I, I want you to grab them by the hand just to say, could you just come? Well, we can't live in, in, in fear. We can't live in, in, in this place of condemnation where we feel as if somebody's judging you. Everyone, there's, there's people all over this place. You've got snakes. We've got snakes. We've got things. Well, nobody's judging today. Nobody's, uh, nobody's is looking at you, looking at you with judgmental eyes. Come on, but not today. Come on, if you are determined, would you make your way to an altar and would you cry out to God and say, "Lord, I commit myself to you fully. God, I will not go and to, to live this double life, Lord, for I am sold out to you." Oh, would you come and pray?